Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder of Web3 Labs and your host of the Web3 Innovators podcast, where you'll hear from those people changing the face of finance and other industries with Web3 and blockchain technologies. As with the last season, in each episode, I speak to a new guest who shares insights from their own journey with Web3, giving you the chance to learn about challenges they've faced along the way and how it's impacting their industry right now and will in the future. In addition to the episodes with guests, I'm going to be sharing a spoken essay on a topic relevant to Web3 each week, which has caught my attention. New episodes will be out weekly, so please hit that subscribe button to ensure you get each episode as it comes out. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and review. Even if it's just a few words, we'd love to hear from you. The future of blockchain governance, learning from Linux. At the end of 2022, Ledger Insights highlighted a blog post by the Bank of England on how blockchain networks should be governed if they become key components of a financial system. I believe it's more a case of when, if not, they become critical financial infrastructure. However, the post raised an interesting point, especially with respect to public permissionless networks such as Ethereum. Governance is far less of a challenge with permission networks as the approach utilized to permission participants on the network is really a component of its governance. There are strict onboarding controls and given the closed loop nature of these networks, it's unlikely that there will be a participant with malicious intent who's willing or able to easily jump through all of the hoops to join the network. Public permissionless networks, given their widespread availability, are more likely to be attacked given they're available to anyone with an internet connection and they're underpinned by cryptocurrencies which have real world value. At the time of writing, we have around $40 billion of assets locked on public blockchain networks with the overall crypto market cap hovering around a trillion dollars. But long term, as we see the industry evolve, these figures will likely swell into the tens of trillions, if not hundreds of trillions. Therefore, having some sort of governance framework that financial regulators and large institutions are comfortable with will be crucial to ensure public blockchain networks can fulfill the demands placed on them by their users. The Ethereum network and other public networks have been heavily influenced by the governance approaches used by the early internet pioneers such as the Internet Engineering Task Force or IETF who describe their approach to governance of working groups as using rough consensus and running code. With this approach, there are no set thresholds that have to be met to agree or approve new standards or changes to protocols. Instead, participants use open forums for discourse and pragmatism typically prevails, provided there was support with the groups or community and no clear objections to proposals. The notion of running code helped a lot here, as it's all well and good debating the idiosyncrasies of protocols, but having something that can be quickly implemented and demonstrated as working bolsters the process. This approach hasn't just influenced the development of public blockchain protocols and standards, but also much of the open source movement where projects rely on contributor contributions in code that fix and enhance projects. When we're considering approaches to the long-term governance of public blockchain networks, it's important to consider how open source software has evolved to power many of the world's largest businesses, as it's likely that Ethereum and other networks will follow a similar model. I've always believed that the Ethereum community has parallels with the Linux community of the late 90s and early noughties, and it's interesting to see how Linux evolved into being arguably the most significant open source software in the world. Operating systems and blockchains are different beasts, but what both Linux and Ethereum have in common is that they redefined the technology landscapes, and this was due to the passionate communities behind them. Navigating complex blockchain data shouldn't hold you back. Introducing Chainlens Blockchain Explorer, 
your user-centric gateway to the blockchain universe. Unlike traditional explorers, Chainlens focuses on your needs. No more overwhelming blocks and transactions. We're all about your experience. Chainlens revolutionizes the way you see blockchain. With customizable lenses, you see what you want, when you want it. From tokens to NFTs, it's all at your fingertips. And guess what? You don't need to be a tech guru. Our clean interface and easy-to-use API make blockchain accessible to everyone. Say goodbye to cryptic hexadecimal and hello to a new perspective. Join the future of blockchain exploration. Visit chainlens.com and experience the difference today. Chainlens, see the blockchain your way. In the early days of Linux, it was simply a hobby project built by Linus Torvalds while he was a graduate student at the University of Helsinki. It took years for it to evolve into the fully featured operating system it is now, but it started to be taken seriously in industry when we saw companies start to contribute significantly to it. With the version 6.0 release of the Linux kernel last year, Intel and Google were the most significant contributors to it, but we also see significant contributions from other big tech firms, including Meta, IBM and Oracle. Linux is powering millions of devices that these organizations sell, in addition to powering significant parts of their infrastructure. So it's of no surprise that they are heavily invested in this project. It is interesting that Amazon isn't in the top 10, however, given how many Linux servers run in their cloud. Seeing the trajectory of Linux from its humble beginnings in 1991 through to its huge growth during the noughties where it started powering significant portions of inf internet infrastructure to where it is now is mind-blowing. In 2021, the lines of code in the Linux Git repository reached 27.8 million. In 2022, all of the world's top 500 supercomputers run on Linux. All of the top 25 websites in the world are using Linux. 96.3% of the world's top 1 million servers run on Linux, and 90% of all cloud infrastructure operates on Linux. In the early days of Linux, companies would have had their doubts about the safety of going with this open source Unix operating system that anyone could contribute to. They were happy to pay Sun Microsystems, HP or IBM for their proprietary Unix platforms, which came with support contracts and hefty price tags that gave those organizations peace of mind. But what these proprietary operating systems could not compete with was the free software movement. And we saw free software not only destroy the market for licensed operating systems, but also everything else, including productivity tools, databases, web servers, and programming languages. It ate the world, as Mark Andreessen described in his influential essay. Although public blockchain networks are a different paradigm, they are not just open source projects, but also real live networks. There is an inevitability that as they become more entrenched in our everyday lives, more and more companies will start to contribute to their development. At the current time, it's mainly Web3 companies such as Consensus and our very own Web3 Labs and the various teams who wrote the client node software for these networks. But as more banks, exchanges and infrastructure pro providers start to rely on them, they will start to invest more heavily in them. Like when we look back at the 30 plus years of Linux, I'm sure by the time we're in the 2040s, if not sooner, we'll see similar dominance by corporates as the significant contributors to Ethereum and other public blockchain networks. Such a future doesn't seem that different from what we have now. After all, core internet services such as the domain name system are already widely used decentralized public internet services. It doesn't use a blockchain, but it's open source software that is publicly available and runs on the internet. Regulation does still have a part to play in the governance of public blockchain networks. 
After all, if, if a bank is to do anything with customer funds that touch public networks, even if it's in a completely secure manner, there will need to be regulation that allows them to do this. This will take time to become established. However, if you want to consider what the likely end state of governance for public blockchain networks looks like, I do encourage you to consider what happened to Linux. Thanks for listening to this episode. I have a quick favour to ask. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it. Leave a five-star rating and review it. Even if it's just a few words, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Until next time.